Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special guest coming on. I've known this young lady for countless years, and um, I'm very proud to have her on the show because she's a very hard person to catch up with. And without further ado, Dr. Louisa Footman, how are you doing today? How are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. Hey, I'm happy that you're on the No Picks of the Dark podcast, finally. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, I really wanted to bring you on because we've been talking back and forth probably for a couple of months. And I know we're all busy schedules. We both have young children, right? Um, spouses and everything. So it's kind of hard uh, to get together. But I really think today is a very special day because we're talking about something near and dear to both of our hearts and something that's really going on in society as we speak right now. Correct. I and, agree. Um, before we get into that, so let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, currently I'm the mental health supervisor at a public boarding school in West Baltimore, and I am also in private practice as a psychotherapist, which uh, I've been doing that for about 12 years at this point. So primarily, I'm a mental health therapist, but I also supervise a lot of younger therapists. And there you go, folks. We're, this is the subject of the day. will be mental health. Um, we'll be talking about that today. And uh, again, it's near and dear to my heart, um, just because it's been such a taboo um, subject for the longest time, I think. And growing up, you know, we had those things where I know in the African-American community when I grew up, you know, you had that uncle that might have been a little bit weird. Right. At that time. So remember people talking about back in the day, 80s, um, you had an aunt that was weird that nobody really wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always held, like, hid them in the back room oh, wow. when family came over. I uh, especially saw that in the South when I went to visit family in Alabama and Georgia, South Carolina. You know, who's that back there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Joe. He'd be hearing voices in his head. and But it was never treated. Uh-huh. It was always, you know what, you can't come out when everybody else is here. But right. can come out when only I'm here. Uh-huh. So mental health, just from what I've seen, was never ever talked about. It was always that weird thing in the African community. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? You know, right. I don't know. I know you can't speak for every person. Sure. <laughs> but you growing up, how was mental health? I mean, I grew up in in, in California, in Northern California. Um, on top of that, so so a very um, white. Growing up, I would say, looking back, um, in pretty middle class. And I think that West Coast mentality, at that time where I grew up, there was a lot of people that had what I would call like alternative lifestyles. I had a few friends whose, whose dads had left the home to be with other men, for example. So perhaps there was a bit more um, openness, but it seemed to me like almost everyone I knew was in therapy from okay. a young age. Okay. Right. So don't know that that's interesting to hear that because... I don't. I didn't really know what therapy was mm-hmm. until I got a little bit older, and I was in high school and went to a private school. Right. And okay. I knew a lot of my friends who were in therapy at that point. Mm-hmm. And again, this is early '90s. Right. Again, so again, not really talked about as much as it is today. Mm-hmm. So I guess where we're going to start off is, um, what influenced you to work with people and you know get into. Th- Mental health. Right. Okay. Well, um, I sort of all, knew all along I would be, be some sort of caretaker. Like uh, as a young person, I always was babysitting and then working with summer camps, after school programs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
sort of landed in Baltimore in my early 20s. Wasn't really sure what I was doing. Worked in a couple of restaurants. Um, I worked here, there, and everywhere. And then uh, found myself in a very unhappy relationship and was sort of living this adult life, but still very young myself. And thought maybe I wanted to be a teacher, applied for that, got accepted into Baltimore teaching residency, and then realized, like, I totally don't like speaking in front of people. This is not my calling. And so then I stumbled on upon the social work school, and I realized, wait a minute, if you become a social worker, you can also be a therapist. I think I would be good at that. It helped me when I was younger. It helped me through some tough times. So that's it. That was that. And so I went to University of Baltimore School of Social Work, and... I just felt the second I got there, I was like, this is where my, these are like my people. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I loved, I just loved it. And that was the first time I really loved school. You okay. know what I mean? Now, does your mom have any background with the, dealing with people, helping people, or anything like that? She or? always encouraged a lot of giving back. Okay. That was sort of a core value. Um, but she's not, you know, in the mental health world herself. Okay. Okay. So I guess, how would you define mental health? I mean, how would you go about saying that? Right. Well, I feel like, I was thinking about that a lot in anticipation of this conversation. I think that when you're trying to f- describe what is mental health, it's actually clearer to point out what is mental, what is not, what is mental illness. Okay, mental right? health. Okay, okay. I think that what people don't, people who are mentally healthy overall we kind of take it for granted because we kind of, we may have issues and, 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 and difficult times, but usually we can rebound. So when mental health is missing or, or, or damaged, we're seeing things like psychosis. Um, we're seeing things like suicide, suicidal thinking, right? Suicidal attempts. Uh, we're seeing people that are really truly bipolar. Their moods are out of their control, things like that. So, so mental health is sort of the absence of mental illness. It, it, and that sounds maybe really basic, but okay. no, I mean, I think a lot of people, again, they don't really know. We don't uh-huh. know. I think, I think as a society, we are starting to understand that better. I, I agree with you. And I think that the cool thing is as a society, we're starting to figure out the importance of it and of maintaining it. Right. And so I think we're getting clearer. You're hearing people at work like, Oh, I'm taking a, a mental health day. Right. Right. We never would that. When did that start being a thing? I mean, that's, that's a new thing. It is. I mean, I feel like, and people don't really admit they're taking a mental health day all the time. They don't, no They don't. Way. but I feel like people do need that. And, uh, Agreed. and it's very important to get your priorities back in line again, understand what your purpose is and understanding that you have, Take yourself care. Uh-huh. That's another big thing that's out there. Absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, how did mental health become such a hot topic out here? Right. How did it, I mean, where did it come from? I mean, what do you think? You're well, just To be honest with you, the history of, of, of mental health and, and mental health treatment, it's really a new, relatively a new field. And, and, and as a society, I think we're still figuring out, like, how do we address it? So, so, even in the last like 50 years or so, there, we used to basically take people who weren't mentally well and, and like lock them up. So there was right. a lot of institutions. Right. And then uh, John F. Kennedy era, the decision was like, maybe this isn't really like good treatment of our fellow man. Let's do community-based treatment. Well, realistically, that ain't enough for people that really struggle sometimes. So, But there they were kind of out there. And so whose responsibility is it to take care of them? 
everyone's at that point, right? So a lot of them become homeless. A lot of them became addicts. And and so I think mental health issues were more in all of our face. And not to mention we've got we have people starting to return from wars that are really struggling. So right. so so our awareness of trauma has also grown. I think where I remember it was when everybody got back in Gulf War mm-hmm. and a lot of guys came back and they couldn't get back into society as a whole. Absolutely. I saw a lot of things around sixty minutes just looking at how a lot of these a lot of these war veterans are now and it sounds crazy to me, but for them to get better they're doing uh, MDMA yeah. and taking ecstasy, aka, you know, they make them feel get those endorphins back instead of being so depressed. Because you're seeing a lot of veterans come back and they commit a lot of commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So I guess mental health, I've seen it from that angle. But I guess more importantly, I think mental health comes close to us every day. Yes, absolutely. And it's right in front of us and we just don't see it. Mm-hmm. As far as what you've seen in the field, mm-hmm. your everyday life, how do you see that, and like, how can we identify? Like, this is a loaded question because, right. and take your time to figure. You know, what are your what are your thoughts on all that? I've mm-hmm. asked a lot. Go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, the scary part is sometimes we don't want to see it, right? And so I think that there's a lot of undiagnosed mental stuff lurking, even around people we know sometimes. So we don't know because we don't always ask, right? And so, and a lot of people are afraid, well, I'm not a therapist. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I should mind my business. And so as a result of that, sometimes we're missing things. Um, I, I like that because um, on my last podcast, uh, two podcasts ago, uh, we were talking about family and um a young lady by the name Sarah Nelson was speaking during her conversation. And another good friend of ours, Emily was talking about her, you know, having MS mm-hmm. and we've all been friends for several years, right? but none of them knew she had MS. Wow. And we don't talk about these things. Yeah. How can we get as friends and family, make it a normal conversation? Right. Uh, we spoke earlier today, you know, like, so there are some words that you threw out. There are buzzwords that, we don't talk about, you know, you said suicide. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that. No. And if you actually asked, I would bet you everyone you know, whether it's a first degree relative or not, knows someone or they know someone who's been affected by someone else taking their life. I mean, the rates of suicide in our country are very, very, very astonishing. I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I was with my coworker this today. Mm-hmm. She asked me this question, and I, it threw me off for a second, and I, and I said, I'm going to ask Dr. Luda about this this evening. And the question was, do you feel like suicide is more so now than before? Yes. Or do you think because of social media, we are more aware of it from from this time again before? You know, I'm just, we're just trying to figure that out. Well, I think that there's a couple of answers there. I think people have the access to figure out how to do it very easily and quickly. And that's very scary. I'm talking down to young people. I'll give you an example. It, like I, t- I work in a school, 6th to 12th grade, so ages 11 to 18, 19. I have over the years had to hos- take kids to the hospital. You know, first I will assess them. But long story short, somebody recently tried to hang themselves. And I said, this is like a 12, 13-year-old. How did you like get that idea? But, oh, well, I... Well, I saw I saw something on Criminal Minds about asphyxiation, so then I just looked it up. 
And so they can just, with a Google. I mean, that's my point. So wow. thankfully it didn't work. Wow. But that's neither here nor there. So, wow. Yeah. People, I mean, so we have, we have, yes, the internet, right? Yes, the social media. There, there are, there are, I mean, you know, there's, there's court cases of people getting in trouble for telling other people to go kill themselves. Right. That's, I saw that. That's, I saw so there's that. stuff like that, right? right? I mean, there's that, that's cyberbullying. That's a whole nother whole conversation. Different, whole different conversation. Right. But I think that, um, you know, we, we talk about social media a lot. We've talked about it together before. I think that, um, there's a lot of really scary, dark feelings triggered sometimes by social media. There's a lot of great feelings. We were talking about right. people who love to get a like on Instagram and, and there's neurological studies. It lights up the reward center of your brain. It does. Right. It feels great. That being said, when nobody likes your stuff or when you're seeing photos of your ex or photos of, you know, your cousin who's always been quote unquote perfect and their perfect life or their lovely vacation, that triggers a lot of, that FOMO thing, the fear of missing out, that everyone else's life is better than mine. And it does. I've had multiple clients, mostly adults, not the young kids. Adults. Adult clients. Okay. Really, really expressing their the, the torture that is Facebook for them. Okay. So, uh, we, we're on social media. Yeah, I, I, we're, here. We're, we're here. We're here. We're here. I this know. Is where we, went. we went there. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't tread lightly about social media. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. And if you don't like, you don't like it. If you do, you do. We all have different subjects and opinions on it. Um, I honestly think it's, a, it's the devil in disguise. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when we were growing up, we're the same age. Right. We went out and we hung out with each other and saw each other. You know, we spoke. We had communication. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were supposed to be somewhere, you better be there or you right, weren't, you weren't going to be there. Okay. So where I'm going with this is that, you know, when I, when you went on vacation with your family, only your family knew. Yeah. Uh, when you wanted to go somewhere, only the people that you, you cared about and left knew about where you're going. Now with all this social media, I need to show everything. I need to show. And I, and I always question, and I, and I, and this, and I, I might be speaking to some people out here. When you show <clears throat> you love your loved one so much, I love my husband, I love my wife. I, those right there are alarms in my mind mm -hmm. because I think now, yeah, I know you do. I know you. I'm sure you do love your husband. I'm sure you do love your wife, but I don't need to see it 24 seven. Right. To me, something's missing, and there's alarms going off in my head. Like, what's going on? And God forbid, everybody knows marriage is not perfect. Sure. Let's be honest. For I you, mean, mine you. is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, I, hey, I passed on a good job. <laughs> but again, it's just, I, I mean, social media is a very depressing thing for a lot of people. If you don't mm -hmm. get the likes, I was around when I was working in a different industry and I was around a bunch of teenagers and if they didn't get the likes, they would delete their posts right away. Yeah. And they would tell me, oh, well, nobody's not really feeling what I'm writing, Mr. Aaron. So I'm going to delete this. Or I was like, hey, you know what's going on? Uh, just cause social media. Mm -hmm. Somebody's in a relationship now. With somebody, I mean, what do you think? What are you touching on as far as you're dealing? Well, with, you're dealing with adolescents every day. You're dealing sure. with adults. But what did, do you see with this going on? I, I mean, I, I don't know where it ends. It's really it's scary. It's scary because, like you said, I mean, these kids are getting involved in such a young age. This is changing the the landscape of their 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 ability to live with or without validation. Right. Right. So, I mean, so we, we talked in the beginning, like what is mental health? Right. And that's where I'm with. So, so, so to me, a sign of great 
you know, good, strong mental health and wellness is like the ability to validate from internal. I can, I, I know I'm okay because I, I'm, I know who I am. I'm proud of myself. I'm doing my best right. versus I need likes. I need a thousand friends. I need plans every night. I need people telling me how great I am. Right. We've got the Kim Kardashian right. syndrome on that end. And a lot of people are falling under that spell because everybody wants to be like that. Yeah. And people are, the thing is, the sad part is people are truly lonelier than ever. So we talk about suicide a little bit. Right. The statistics show do you know who, what group is killing themselves the most of all? You probably heard this. Males, kind of maybe? It's males. older, white, lonely males. And I've seen a lot of police officers in New York City have been committing suicide recently also. Okay. In the news. So that's been big in the news. A lot of them have been committing suicide. Why is that? Why do you think a lot of older white males are committing suicide? Because I think that they feel useless. I think that they, they feel they've lost, uh, they, they're, they're not feeling a sense of purpose. And, and the loneliness is really coming out in the research as as very dangerous like actually f- to f- medical health and and again that's where again the topic again is mental you know health mental wellness and i remember just so speaking on a mm-hmm. um, white male um there was a young man that um i know well i knew and he was the light of the party and was you know, every time I went to Manhattan, this guy would show up with my friend's house and just, we have a great time. You know, this guy had me just, we up there partying all night, just having the laughter, laughter all night. He played a beautiful instrument at my friend's wedding. Beautiful. This guy, which is amazing. And then all of a sudden, you know, he takes his life. And I wow. remember my friends tell me, and they were very good friends with him, and I just, and I wasn't best friends with him, right. but I was good enough to be like wow that's deep right and we had just saw this guy yeah so again we're going let's rewind i know we were, were you know we're talking about mental but the signs like right where do we even start where do we even as a society look for these signs because um i had another young lady from um shout out to amy out in um colorado hey Fenton. amy hey hey she uh hit me up and we talk a lot and she's like hey man did you see this? What happened? And there was a basketball player. His brother committed suicide, and the and he got in front of a train and killed himself. The the brother. The brother of a, of a he was a basketball player too. Okay. So it was a star player for Michigan State University, and his brother played for another university. The coach made it on purpose this year so they could play each other. Wow. And the guy ends up doing that, and. She, you know, texted me was like, did you see this? And I was like, wow, yeah, yeah. I read, but I didn't know the situation. And it was just so happened. I was like, you know, I'm actually talking about mental health, mental awareness. She's like, this is perfect, Aaron, because so many people need to hear this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that this timing came in at the right time because a lot of people were just upset. And, you know, she was hugging her son all night. And after I, you know, I, she told, we talked, I went in my room, my son's room and just looked at him. Right. And was like, you know, and you have a son. And it was mm-hmm. like, if you need something, the door's always open, you know. I, but I guess as a parent and as, you know, somebody who's a professional industry, right. what things can we do to identify and help others out? I mean, is that changing the conversation? Maybe having that, you know, do you, I mean, what are some of your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from the ground up, I mean, I think that 
we're talking about the isolation that that's kind of becoming culturally an issue, right? We don't talk really chat anymore on the phone. I mean, you do, you like talking on the phone, I like but I love to talk. I, I like that about you. People, mm-hmm. you know, it's text me or don't bother. Right. right. I mean, there, there is, we, we are not having conversations whatsoever. So putting the emphasis back on the power of relationships is the only way any of us is going to make it is how I feel. Say that for the people in the back. I'm, for real. I'm <laughs> I serious. Like that. I like right. that. I really it's, do. It's really true because like we're sitting here talking face to face right now. This is awesome. And it's, we're just bringing, we're bringing a connect, we're connecting with each other and we're bringing, you know, something into the atmosphere by having this conversation. I mean, people think they're doing the right thing by leaving people alone and we're not by respecting people's space. Not to, not to say you have to be nosy all the time, but we have to continue to get to know each other deeper. And, and I think people bank on, oh, I'll see them later. You're not always going to see people later. We have to invest back into relationships. We have to check on the people we care about. We have to deepen those connections because everybody's really out here just trying to make it. And the way that our sort of country is going, the way that this climate is going, the way that the economy is going, there's a lot of stressors. Even for those of us who consider ourselves to be mentally strong, mm-hmm. we need to check in on each other. So, I mean, if you're asking about signs, right? Like, because like, uh, people always say, oh, I had no idea. Right. Right. There are little ways that people oftentimes show that perhaps they're not doing well or they may even be thinking about doing something. Just not showing up like they used to, canceling plans often. And this doesn't mean they're about to kill themselves, right? No, but no. I mean, people changing patterns, losing, drastically losing weight, drastically gaining weight, suddenly just upticks in drinking, not like for fun and socially. Same with drug use. I mean, those are some flags. Um, obviously, very dramatic would be people give belongings away, just detaching. Right, just 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 dis- disconnecting from things that they previously cared about or enjoyed. Those mm-hmm. are some markers we can kind of watch for. And I and I always wonder that because we have so many people out here that, again, your so-called friends. Yeah, you know, I do miss friends picking up the phone. Right. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Is everything all right? How's life treating you? What's going on? Because there's so many things going on in other people's lives that they don't even know about. You know, um, with the story about my mom having cancer, you know, right. um, when I told that story, people were, I mean, I was flooded with people calling, oh my God, you know, your mom, blah, 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 and, blah. and I'm like, I would have gladly told you the story. Right. You know, if you would say, hey, how's your mom doing? How's her health doing? And that's very few and far beyond that people ask those questions. Because people what? aren't comfortable with the, the ugly truth. Got you. I, I don't think they are. People don't really want to know sometimes because they feel like you're going to expect them to fix it. No. And this is what me and Pat always, my husband, we, <laughs> his mom explained to me once he grew up raised by a problem solver. So that's like his, his approach, right? right? If I tell him something, he wants to, to like fix it or you should do this. And I've had to explain and he gets it now. It's like, sometimes I just want you to listen. Right. And that's the way a lot of people feel. That's why, you know, I've probably had a thousand clients as a therapist, at least, if not more, of different ages. People are like, wow, that wasn't that bad. People, because I've had court-ordered clients, you know, I've had lots of people that did not necessarily want to be there. But once you sit there and listen to them, and there's no agenda, it's like, that's the kind of therapist I am. What's going on with you? What's your story, right? Like, people feel a lot better. I, I will tell you now, I said this in the past episodes that I did do therapy. Okay. And, um, 
it was the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of. Wow. That's uh, awesome. It was just because I could let loose. Yeah. There's say, no judgment. And say what you want to say, you know. Um, you know, you, you, again, people don't understand, like, it's a no judgment is a free zone. Yeah. You go in there, you tell what you got to tell. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. And you, I, I used to walk out and like, ah. Oh. Like, I could breathe. And like, somebody's listening to what I have to say. And it was the best insurance pickup, $20 copay, whatever right. it may have been. It was the best thing I've ever had in my life and you know part of me does want to get back into it because mm -hmm. you know there are a lot of stressors in life that we go through as people and you know that yeah um you know and it's just so many things going on that we took a burden to ourselves yes you know we stress about financials mm -hmm. every day we oh, stress, yeah. and these are things that everybody stresses about how am i gonna do this am i a good parent am right. i doing right you know and those are the type of things that takes two seconds you know every time larissa comes home i'm like she how's your day going Mm -hmm. you, and that's all people want. How are you doing? Right. You know, it, it's not, let me text you all day and text. You know, it's nice to text, but that's not really telling the whole story. No. And you're not really going to say what you want to say. Right. So I, I like that you're talking about reaching out and calling people. Mm -hmm. And I call it, for me, I call it a little wellness check. Yeah, I like that. I had a friend who disappeared off the earth. And I was like, hey, man, you all right? He can tell you. I said, I said, I said are you all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, are you sure? I was like, you know, we, you and I talk every, this is a friend of ours, <clears throat> we talk every day at five o'clock on the dot. Wow. He calls me, five o'clock wow. on the dot every day. Wow. And he called me while we were about to set it up over here today. And I'm like, that's what's up. Now, yeah. he's probably going to worry that I didn't pick the phone up, but I'll shoot him and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in, doing my podcasting. But those things, when he disappeared, I was like, what's going on? I haven't heard from you in three days. Mm-hmm. You know, I, then I get, yeah. and now those are the type of things that you recognize. Hey, is everything all right? What's going on? How's life treating the you? patterns? And I, and I agree with you. And you know, on that. Um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, what I think does become tricky is the reality is it's all fine and dandy to do the little checks, but sometimes it's a struggle when people become too needy. Right. And that is a reality, right? So I'm here saying, okay, we need to check on each other, but but sometimes people take that take advantage. And you and I, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. We're, we're, we're born under the sign of cancer. We're right. sort of nurturers. We like we to are. hug people tight and we're fiercely loyal, but sometimes people do become problematic and it become it can become, it can become toxic for us. Right. Right. And so that is something for me, I've really had to work on because, um, I didn't have the easiest, uh, growing up. My f father left. I, I struggled a bit whatever long story short that doesn't matter but i chose a lot of unhealthy relationships and then i became everyone's person for a long mm. time and mm. you can't be everybody's best friend no you can't and i will tell you i and this, is, this is i'm admitting this and i'm sure people have heard this i try to at least be that person one time right i really did i i wanted um to have a party and you know i have parties every right. every summer and whatnot and I wanted all my friends to come. I wanted them all to be there. Mm -hmm. I stressed out about them not showing up. Why couldn't they show up? Wanted to be there for everybody. And then it took just a moment in my life to say, nope. Yeah. Not going to do this anymore. I'm stressing myself out. I'm not going to go that route. And fortunately, now I have friends who are like, hey, we'll, we'll have the party. We'll throw a party in D.C. now. Mm -hmm. Aaron, we, you've been doing it for us for... 10 years straight or we'll have a gathering at your house at this because 
they know what Bird and Nest has been and something that I enjoy, but took it off my back. Yeah. I chose to because I want to see my friends were my, you know, everything. Right. And I hear what you're saying as far as. Well, it's called boundaries. Right. And that's an extremely important part of mental health. Limits and boundaries. Correct. You know, I mean, and if we don't have them, we're not respecting ourselves. And how do you feel about addressing family members? Because that's a tough one. Because I, I wanted to go into that. It's super the, loaded. Is, Coming into the holidays, it, this is important to, to visit. Please, mental health for the holidays. Mental I mean, health for the holidays. I, to set your limits. you got to set your limits with what you can and cannot do. And that's that goes for spending. That goes for overcommitting. You can't go to everyone's party and you no. can't bring cookies to every event. I mean, you just you got to be selective, and 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 you do have, to, you've got to have, you've got to be able to have limits because there, all of us have family members who just get under our skin or have hurt us mm-hmm. or, in some cases, have have violated us perhaps mm-hmm. that we may or may not have to be around. Now, we got to you got to make careful choices because it's it is meant to be a time that's enjoyable and it doesn't have to be us serving everyone else. I'm glad you did bring in the holidays because that is really coming up around the corner. I've seen a lot of people stress out about when am I buying so and so? Right. Financially, I'm going to buy, I don't have enough money for this. Um, family, you know, I got to be here for this dinner. I got to right. be there. What do you suggest as far as going to holiday season? Just writing things down? I think uh, writing things down, I think really scheduling holiday season to me is when self-care matters the most and when it's also slash the hardest to follow through with, right? Like you, there's something after work. So maybe exercising isn't going to happen. Maybe you got to get up a little earlier. You got it. We got it. We've got to protect ourselves because we all see those people jamming in that gym on January one. And then we don't see them again, right? right? I mean, they're trying to sort of overcompensate for just kind of letting ourselves go. That that's not, but that that's not going to make it, do anyone any favors. And one thing is funny, you say that I um, I, I made a point starting in October, mid October, not to have any drinks until okay. December. Whoa, that was good. You know, it's and it's focusing on myself. Yeah, mentally, physically, I know the holidays are not unkind to my waistline, <laughs> and I just want to be mentally sharp. Yeah, and know what's going on. I said I wanted to be done Christmas shopping. By December first, which I'm already ahead of the game. Wow. Um, I feel like family stresses out because everybody wants you to be there. Right. And you know, I, again, mental, mentally, I've seen people break down on holidays. It's hell. It can be really hard for people. Also, I mean, we're very fortunate, right? We have we have people that we can visit, right? right. And 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 so for for people who don't. It is sort of like the the social media thing. It, right. it can it highlights. Oh, everybody else has so much joy. Well, you have no idea. Right. I mean, we don't know what's really happening in other people's homes, even if they're you know matching Christmas sweater photo is adorable, <laughs> or the, or the matching onesies. Because guess right. what? It was stress before they you had to get the kids to get them put their clothes on. It was stress. It was a lot of things going on to lead up to that moment. Yes, and I, I guess you know I really I'm just happy that this episode's out, coming out because. This is very important to, again, to me, to you. What are some things you want to, I know you have a catalog of notes over there. And um, what's some of the things that I'm missing or that I'm missing that you really want to emphasize on? And I'll let you take the, take the mic. Go ahead. Okay, sure. Um, well, I think we, we, we did go through this a little bit before, but here, here's, here's, my, here's my very quick, easy breezy, maybe you can memorize acronym that I stole from um, 
Alcoholics Anonymous. So I've worked with a lot of people in recovery over the years. They have a lot of really quick little slogans that are easy to remember when people are, you know, maybe having an urge to drink or do drugs or something like that, that perhaps they shouldn't be. So, so the, their acronym is HALT, the word HALT, H-A-L-T. It says, don't let yourself get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Because that would be, those are all ways you could lead to making a making a negative decision for yourself. Say that one. Say that one more. Say that one more time for for the people right back. So the so the halt. acronym is halt. H a l t. H a l t. Halt, as in stop. But halt stands for do not let yourself get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I like that. I love that. That that to, that to me makes a lot of sense. Because sometimes, like, it's just as simple as that. So, so like, we started talking this talking about mental health. You know, me- mental illness. Sometimes you go through something like, um, we, let's say you came to see me for for a therapy visit, and I have to bill you for insurance. Now, okay. I don't really think you have a mental illness. I got to write something down. So Blue Cross sends me my my couple of bucks. Right. So the, there used to be we used to call that the an adjustment disorder. So that would be like if you lost a rel- you lost a loved one you're getting a divorce you know you had you lost a job you're adjusting so you're having a normal response okay it still sucks right right, right. that doesn't mean you're mentally ill that right. doesn't mean you have diagnosable depression or anxiety or trauma you know what i mean that's right. just that so there's that then there'll be the next level we've got we didn't ha- we're probably not going to get to this today but we've got a lot of people with with biochemical like brain issue brain like true chemical imbalances that okay. it's not their fault they it's hereditary you know they have depression they have that can be treated with a pill because it's medical is depression passed down it can be yes definitely okay okay, yeah. go ahead. okay. i'll let you continue so depression what else uh oh bipolar you know things like that it can be hereditary schizophrenia okay. i'll tell you a very we, i mean we're not going to do case studies today, but growing <laughs> up, I knew someone whose older brother was uh, like all state for volleyball, full scholarship to UCLA, just golden boy, um, got to college. College is the most common onset for like really chronic mental illnesses, such as schizophrenia, became unfortunately a full blown schizophrenic, remains that way to this day, but just crashed hard, became actively psychotic. No one saw it coming. So that wow. would be like highest level, right? So we've got, you know, those of us who have like a, a short-term struggle, but like we respond okay with, you know, maybe therapy, maybe just t- taking up exercise. We eventually can go back to normal. Then you have people who have low grade, you know, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. And then we've got schizophrenia. Do you, um, do you think like pills help? Do you think pills help for I this? I think if it's a really, if, if it's truly a chemical imbalance that can be amazing. So for example, you know, I work with a lot of young kids, um, ADHD, uh, everyone has it now, right? It's, it's just, this is the diagnosis of the day. Everybody's ADD. They weren't when we were kids, right? only, you know, 10 years ago when we were kids, Um, (laughs) everyone's ADHD. Now the reality is they're not. Some people just don't have structure. Didn't they see Ritalin back in the day? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Ritalin. Because it was always that, they're like Johnny got Johnny got took his happy pill, Ritalin pills. I, I remember it was it wasn't it was back in the day. It was like oh, you got to take his pills, right? And it was like kind of like a sarcastic thing because nobody took it seriously. Yes. Now we fast forward to, to 2019. Hundred thousands of different re- treatments for just for ADHD alone. There's a billion types of pills. And what my point is to say, having 
been in schools for quite a long time, there really are some kids that it's night and day when they have it and they don't, right? It, mm. But then there are some kids who they just needed to have the same teacher every day giving them, or they needed a little bit more specialized learning. You know what I mean? They needed some limits. They needed maybe stuff they weren't getting at home as far as discipline and structure. And they, and they can do fine. Because I'm fine. I'm starting to see a lot more kids are the ones who are having these issues in school. Right. Acting out in school. Um, I, I want to tread lightly on this, but you know, with a lot of the mass shootings. Okay. Um, younger kids, younger kids who psychologically are think this is bad. This is the way it should be. I should have. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna talk about the gun, the guns. I'm not. I'm not all about that. But mentally, our parents, do you think helping this along, eating this, not and not and not. Spend time with their family, kids to understand what's going on every day and day out. I think so. those kids are. I think there's an emphasis on privacy, and, and you know, it, if you're my kid, you don't have privacy. That's my that's my rule. I'm sorry. There's that's a fine. there's a I didn't I didn't know what they were doing in their room. I thought they were just playing video games. I mean, I'm, it, you know, yeah, we right. can't we can't blame video games. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not right. <laughs> we can't blame just the video games. We can't blame just the parents because people have to work. Like I, I do understand right. that, but you, again, it goes back to connection. You have to have a. You have to have that relationship, and if you don't get some help to fix it, you need to know what's going on with your loved ones. Right, right, right. And, and people don't. are afraid. Oh, they're gonna like. Oh, m- you know, my kid's gonna get mad at me if I, you know, go in their room. Okay. I have a friend that that, that you know they send their kids into a room, play video games, and they're like they're fine. And you know, everybody has different parenting. They that, do, that, and, that's, we do. and that's to each his own. But I guess when I was thinking about growing up, I mean, we had Duck Hunt, we had Zelda, we had, had Sonic the Hedgehog Mario. and all that stuff, Mario Kart. <laughs> but our parents always checked in. Hey, right. what are you guys doing down here? Or there's one TV like in the main right. area. And you played in front of everybody. And your parents were always in that room. Now it's so isolated. It's no one's on an iPhone. It's on an Android. It's on every so many things. It, you, we've, it's diluted. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where we don't know, again, What's the amount our kids are in? I know. Are, 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 are our kids mentally there? Are they? Do they understand reality? Right. Like you no, said, right. like you said, the kid with asphyxiation. Who? Right. They, do they really understand? No. See how we tie that back in? Right. Yes. So, um, I, I, again, what are some of your final thoughts? You think just you know you want to leave people? I know you had halt. Right. Is there anything else you wanted to leave people just with thoughts and you know? I mean, I, I mean. I, I guess, what about adults? I, I want to touch on that. What about adults? I mean, what are your biggest things you've seen with adults um, with mental health and mental wellness? What, what are you, just in your opinion, you've seen working in the industry and whatnot? Well, it's interesting because like I, I, I enjoyed working with adults, but I honestly prefer, I preferred working, I prefer now working with younger people because I think that as adults, we get very stubborn and we get stuck in our own story, right? Okay. And sometimes I think adults, some adults don't really want to get better. So right. like you said, like you talked about therapy. I, I've been in therapy. Um, sometimes people kind of, they don't, they don't want to take as much ownership over changing as, as possibly they could, right? It's easier to blame, oh, my childhood or, right. you know, um, I can't get a break because I don't have my college degree or I don't have a master's. There is some sort of inner drive that we all we need to kick ourselves in the ass sometimes. Now, I'm not saying there aren't things that are impossible to overcome. Right. There are. There are. Right. There are lots of things that are really hard to move on from. But I do think that sometimes with adults, we can get pretty comfortable and make it 
making excuses and stay stuck. Okay. Well, like I said, I know you. I like. I know you have a couple things you want to wrap up on with. And again, like I, my thought is, I really am excited that you came on because Thanks. again, mental health is very, very, very important. And mental wellness and just understanding your friends, family, understanding signs, little mm-hmm. signs. Mm-hmm. You know, guess what? Pick up the phone. Right. In my mind, in my mind just I pick agree. the phone up. Texting is cool, but. I like, I like to talk to people. Well, there, and then the thing is, too, I mean, the cool thing about nowadays and the internet and everybody is expected to, everybody has a device practically, even kids. Like, there are hotlines that are confidential for people to call. So, in the state of Maryland, for example, we have quite a few, but if you dial 211, it's just a crisis line. Someone's always on the other end. So, nice. or you can go to 211md.org okay. for online resources. But there are a lot of call lines. If you really don't, have anyone to let in or you don't want anyone you know to get let in and you're not ready for therapy, you could always make that call. Um, One last thing I did want to say is I think that it's interesting how we started this conversation with you talking about sort of your understanding of mental, mental health treatment, which was pretty much not, not, like on the table, you know, it wasn't it, it, something. It wasn't. It wasn't something that we talked you, about in my family, right? Um, in most families, in most of my family, and I can say I didn't really know anybody who was in therapy. If they, if they were in therapy, they were a bad kid, and <laughs> that was how they came out. Be that's how mm-hmm. it was. It was yeah. oh, they get they get, they got problems. Mm-hmm. Johnny got problems. You know, you, you guys said him, but it was taboo again. Right, right, and I think that the cool thing is now that I think that. People are opening up, and, and and I think that it's becoming, and the cool thing, like, a, you know, we can call it Obamacare or Affordable Health Care Act or whatever, but mental health treatment is co- is covered. So it's, like, it, it's, it's free if you have, you know, this specific insurance, but it's free or affordable. It's not something, it's not so expensive that it's prohibitive anymore. So hopefully, you know, that can be something people are more aware of. Check it over my notes to make sure I okay. hit, hit everything. And um, I think... The major thing is I wanted people just to be aware. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. The right. Holidays. And then you hit it in the head. Holidays are coming around. And I want people, you know, to say, hey, let's check on some. Check in on your friends. Well, and I would like our friends and your friends and listeners to, to say, to realize it's like, it's okay to say, this is, this is hard. This, I'm having a hard time. And I need some help. It's hard, but it's brave. So, I, I mean, one last thing I'll share, because I did want to just touch on this briefly. You know, you have a young child. I think postpartum health, postpartum mental health is, is really, is really all those hormones. I mean, I, I was, my anxiety was, went through the roof for, for quite a while it, in an almost uncontrollable way. I, I was scared of being alone with him at, you know, here and there. I mean, we, we made it, but it's, it's really scary. And so... I was a little bit prideful about reaching out to other moms I know even, even friends, because it's like, well, they seem like they've got it. But the thing is, once I did, they were like, no, this is really scary. And that's the thing. It's okay to be scared. Just I, let someone know. I will tell you, uh, I want to give a shout out to your husband, because you don't know this. Um, him and I spoke a lot mm-hmm. during the times, you know, after, you know, my wife had her son and you guys had already had your son. And he was like, listen, this is what's going to happen. Right. You know, and it was just refreshing that he took time out to share that knowledge to right. me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't share that knowledge because there's things that 
as men, we don't know what women go through. Mm hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, man, just look at it. You know, do what you got to do. And then had another friend up in uh, Philly, uh, Michael, and mm-hmm. he uh, talked about, hey, this is what's going to happen. Right. And it, we had our own, I had my own support group of men yeah. that I could talk to. Which is awesome. What do, and it felt good because I would text say, hey, man, like, what do you think about this? And they would bounce off the idea. Yeah, why is my wife crying again? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but, you know, your husband helped right. out a lot. Um, my boy Michael helped me out a lot. And it, it was reassuring. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're, up, you're both in this together and you're going to work through all this. And it, a lot of things, hormones are going on. You may not understand. You know, she might just start crying out of nowhere. You have no idea. Just be there and be very supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, and several different men were like, you know, they pulled me aside. Hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because without that, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's going both ways. You're, you're going through things. We're going through things. We don't know why you're going through things. And I, that sounds awesome. I'm glad that you could tell people that you went mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. You went through that. You went through the process of talking, reaching out to other moms yeah. and find out. And that's, that, that's, that's hard to do that. It is hard. And my last thing would be, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who's not like you for help because you could be surprised. Like I don't have to go to a white woman for th- advice every right. time I have a problem because it can come in. Support, advi- support and advice can come from very surprising places. So my thing is just reach out, reach out a hand because you never know what's going to be helpful. Well, Dr. Louisa Footman, I appreciate you coming on the note picks after dark podcast. And um, hopefully, you know, if if anybody's any questions, is there any way they can get a hold of you or where where are you working at? Uh, Give some information so they can reach out if if they would like to. Yeah, I have um, Instagram at Dr. Lou loves you. All so right, Doctor Lou loves you. There. there you I go. Think my email's on there too. There you go. All right, Doctor Lou loves you. I know. Um, Everybody have a relaxing holiday. Don't put too much on yourself. Trust me, it's going to get stressful. But again, there's always outlets, folks. Always outlets. And on that, I appreciate again. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. All right, and we're out, folks. Have a good one. Bye.